0: Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack?
1: We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the earth.
0: And we're here to save it, one podcast at a time.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Kenyatta and Jack Save the World, and we are here as usual, still committed to the work that we have made for ourselves, and we have our work cut out for us.
3: Hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: As always, I'm Kenyatta, and with me is my buddy and partner in crime, Jack.
0: Yes. Hello, Kenyatta.
2: How are you? I am pretty good today. That's
0: fantastic. How are you? I am also pretty good. So, we're both pretty good.
3: Yeah. Which is
2: good. It is good to be good. It's good to be good. That should be a slogan or something. It's good to be good. <laughs> that could be
0: our tagline. It could. It's good to be good. That's right. It could in all ways of w- the world, it's good to be good.
2: In all the ways that you can manifest the word good. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Me too. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere it with does. this crazy world. I don't even think that's an accurate term anymore. I just I just don't know. I'm I still remain cautiously optimistic, but there are some days that I am tested.
0: I I understand. And going to apologize to the listeners, there's a <laughs> solid chance that you're gonna hear some barking. Higgy <laughs> Higgy baby is apparently <laughs> unhappy
2: about something. oh, that's just them that's what they do if they were if they were paid for a job, that would be the job, expressing their dissatisfaction.
3: That's right <laughs> That's a good boy <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, it's been a exciting week, yeah. I was listening to something real quick before we get to WTF. Mm-hmm. I was listening to something uh, today on a podcast, and they were talking about things from your childhood that, at some point in your adult life, you can't believe that you're doing something with like a person or something like that, or just something you know that you you would never think about this happening in your childhood. And I was like, you know, if someone would have told me in seventh grade that Kenyatta and I would be partners in an endeavor talking about the world, I would have said like, are you crazy? It's not that <laughs> we hated each other, or anything like that. We just weren't, you know, hanging out after school.
2: <laughs> yeah. We didn't bowl in the same circles. We do like a, a, Hey, how you doing? And, you know, this dad, the therapy was in passing. So, yeah. Yeah, that would have been hard to envision. I agree. Yeah. But I'm it's worked glad out. it's happened. Yeah. I enjoy it. Indeed.
0: Anyway, Indeed. I just found that in history because I was like, that is so my life right now.
2: <laughs> I mean, just, I can tell you just from a year or two ago, I'm doing stuff I didn't think I would, never would. So, yeah. well, there's that. Me too.
0: Me too. I understand me completely.
2: Yep, yep, yep. So, what have you got for us this week for your WTF moment?
0: My WTF is a sequel to last week's, so I Mm. guess we could call it, I don't know. The The three-peat? Trump Destroys Documents to Down the Shitter. (laughs) So that report came out, and I was like, there's no way. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, no, there's a way. Mm -hmm. And then he denied it. And then they found audio of him talking at some point going, they have to flush 10, 15 times, not one. No one's understanding why. And I'm like, oh, he's ranting about them clogging the toilets, getting rid of important documents, breaking the law. Breaking the law, breaking the Yeah. That was like, it, it just never stops.
2: I can't, I can't, I can't, I, I, I will, I will have to at some point, but I can't. I just, just when you think, and I've been probably saying this literally every other week since he first started campaigning, right? When you think, we have reached the bottom of the barrel. The bottom drops out. There's no, yeah. there's no, there's no end to the depths. None. It's like a bad amusement park ride. It just keeps dropping and dropping and dropping.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's if you can't respect what, in the grand scheme of things, sort of a small law. Yeah, it makes you wonder what. Big laws he doesn't respect. Because usually it doesn't, you know, work in the, the way of small laws, who cared? Big laws, yeah. When you're in a position like he is.
2: Yeah. And just as a side note, I had read, I don't know if it's today or yesterday, how there's proof now that they falsified financial records in order to secure loans. Yeah. Um, yeah, From banks for, you know, the Trump organization. <sighs> I'm like, I so none of what he did while he was in office was new. None of that mentality was new. Obviously, he's been doing that entitled bullshit probably most of his adult life. Like, For sure. if, if he basically if he feels like he doesn't have to or he doesn't want to, he just won't. Period.
0: Yeah, and the question is, when are his supporters going to quit buying into it's a witch hunt? They're just after me because they hate me because I'm Trump.
2: No. Yeah, I have a feeling they've always thought that way about one thing or another, and he's just the latest object of their affection. Everything's a conspiracy. Uh. Fake news has been around since, you know, Walter Conkite, or however far back they want to go. There's just, the, the whole of government is corrupt. Mm-hmm. They've always had, they've always probably had a fascination, a certain mindset. He's just, he's just the latest um monkey in the cage, I guess you'd say. It's yeah. Appropriate.
0: It's like the deal in Georgia where he calls the Secretary of State. Mm. It's against the law to, in Georgia, to call an election official and try to get them to change, do anything to an election after it's occurred. That is against Georgia's state law. He's recorded doing it. Mm -hmm. And Trump supporters are like, they're just coming at him. He didn't do anything.
2: It's just fake. It's fake. That's literally him. I mean, they didn't believe it or chose not to or just brushed it off when they caught him on video doing the show where he's talking about violating women. Yeah. Like, it's on video. This is just not audio. This is video. And they're like, eh, okay.
0: Yeah, the dude he was talking to lost his career Yeah, over what Trump said, and Trump got elected president. Yeah. So, so.
2: Yeah.
0: I so, guess it's hard to see the truth through butt cheeks because when your head is shoved so far up your ass. <laughs> <the> butt cheeks. <laughs> it's
2: the yes. only thing
0: I can think of.
2: You're. I mean, you're right though. It's just I. I can get angry all day at you know his so-called. I mean, it's a cult, really. It's a cult of personality. They're just. It wilders. is.
0: It is. You are correct.
2: And I can get mad all day. At them, but the th- I feel sorry for them because you're so steeped in a particular brand of willful ignorance. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's hope for any of them at, at any point. I don't. I don't know what it's going to take. What has yeah. to happen?
0: It's a weird thing because they're victims and perpetrators at the same time. Exactly, because there is a core group that sort of is like the ringleaders of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of them have fallen victim, you know, to those people. But then they become perpetrators as well. And, yep. Ugh, I, I don't
3: know. It's so gross. It is. So. Ugh. Anyway, so, what's, uh, your
0: WTF?
2: Well, it's not, it's not necessarily, uh, a, a twofer, but it's, they're, they're related as far as, you know, The topic. First though. I just want to point out. And I just checked this earlier today. That it appears. That our numbers here. In the states are falling. As far as. uh, New cases. Mm -hmm. Of. Corona. Which Which is is encouraging. It is. It really is. Hospitalizations have fallen. Deaths are they're on the up, but on average here lately, they, they're getting lower. So mm-hmm. that is encouraging. I have and my
0: fingers crossed. Death rate always follow, follows an uh, infection rate by mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, which makes sense.
2: Right. Definitely. So maybe we'll see that number drop here in a week or two, hopefully. So that's encouraging. So related to that mm-hmm. is... This clown-faced guy right here, who goes by Michael Brandon Jamar. I, I don't know why they had to use his middle name. He doesn't need to be remembered that far. Mm-hmm. It was on a Friday flight from Salt Lake City to Portland, Oregon, when he removed a plastic covering over the handle on the aircraft's emergency exit, exit and tried to open the door. A flight attendant stopped him, man let go of the handle, and he... He was physically restrained by the rest of the flight crew. When asked why he tried to open the door in flight, he told the police he hoped they would start filming him. So he had, quote, the opportunity to share his thoughts on COVID-19 vaccines. Oh God! Sure enough, in a video taken by another passenger, he's yelling, quote, we've all been lied to and talking about coronavirus vaccines as he's being taken off the plane. So basically, this asshat decided he would try to endanger the lives of a plane full of people so someone would record him so he could talk about his views on the corona.
0: There, there are easier ways that aren't killing.
2: Do a podcast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we can do it.
2: <laughs> I mean, really, just do it. You literally could probably do a year's worth of podcasts each week talking about nothing but your twisted views on the coronavirus and all the things related. Yeah. You could do that at this point. Do that, guy. Do that. Mm-hmm. Do Instagram live every single mm-hmm. day if you want to. Why are you endangering people on the planet? Yeah. Why? That...
0: <sighs> Sorry. I was mm-hmm. just taking a moment to mm-hmm. reflect on the world we live in.
3: Mm-hmm. And- but on a
0: related note,
3: mm-hmm.
0: can remember the whole "Let's Go Brandon" thing that yeah. fortunately has run its course. Mm-hmm. Can we start saying "Let's Go Marjorie" for someone who's an idiot?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be funny. See if we can get that to trend. See how we can make that happen. Yes, that would that would amuse me. Me too. Surely. Oh, on a related note.
3: A related, related note.
2: About Marjorie. (laughs) One of my other fave conservatives, Candace Owens, tweeted Sunday that she thoroughly enjoyed the Super Bowl halftime show. I saw that. People were like, did she get hacked?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? The exact opposite of that fellow Charlie Kirk. That What did he call it? Sexual tragedy, sexual drama, whatever it was.
2: I, I, I don't even, I don't even understand how he was triggered so hard. I'm like this has to be personal for him. What is he talking about?
0: I know. Now I've got to go look it up because whatever he called it is a great name for a band. Let me find it here. Oh, here it is: sexual anarchy. Indeed. Who, who wouldn't <laughs> want to go see them in concert?
2: I just might. I just might, just to see what they're talking about. But, like, <laughs> like, dude, really. You saw J-Lo and Shakira last year. What did you think of that?
0: Right? I mean, that was showed more skin than uh Mary J. Blige did.
2: Sure enough. And the Mary rest J. of it was
0: like, dude.
2: Basically, she had on thigh-high boots. And yeah. a bodysuit. Like, all you saw was a little bit leg. That's it. And that's generally how her style is anyway. So what was he looking at? Was he looking at 50 cent? I don't know. I don't, I don't
3: know.
0: know. I he don't was know. looking at 75 cent.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The speed at which those memes dropped. I know. After the show. <laughs> yeah. My howling. favorite
0: was inflation under Biden economies. $0.50 cent,
2: and now $0.75. I <laughs> I have my own issues with $0.50 cent lately. He's There's a few of his songs that I, I do appreciate, You know, like the one he was singing in the club. That was like his first big song. But here lately for the last few years, he's just been a social media bully lately. Like out of nowhere, he'll just say some of the most tone-deaf and tasteless stuff about people. I'm like, does he not have anything to do?
0: No. <laughs>
3: He doesn't. Out,
2: he doesn't so clearly he was available for the halftime show
0: yeah mm-hmm. he needs to take a how to turn your image around lesson from Snoop
2: something do something
0: speaking of things from your childhood you wouldn't have expected Snoop mm-hmm. being all over that's it that's mm-hmm. one of those things
2: that's absolutely one of those things and,
0: and he- Snoop's my hero He he's the embodiment Of what I'm trying to get the working world to do, and that is embrace the business casual sweatsuit.
2: I mean, why not? Yeah. And from what I understand, because he is, um, a crip, one of the Mm -hmm. gangs out of LA, you generally have seen him in, in his videos. He'll usually have a bandana
3: Mm -hmm.
2: in his back pocket. And allegedly he was told by NFL officials, Do not put a bandana in your back pocket. (laughs) What did he do? He came out in a bandana padron sweatsuit. Yep. Two points for Snoop. He (laughs)
0: did. But they were Ram colors. So he could say, I'm representing
2: the Rams. Either or. But people who knew, knew. (laughs) They knew.
0: Yep. All I know is we as a country need to end workplace anti-comfort practices. I mean, really? Normalize The business casual sweatsuit.
2: I don't see a problem. I don't either.
0: Why the fuck do we have to wear Dockers and crap?
2: Because quite frankly, I have been spoiled since working from home because that is my outfit for the day.
0: Right. When I worked from home, I proved I could do the job in nothing but, you know, sweatshorts, a t-shirt, and my
2: robe. Mm -hmm. I should be able to wear that to work. I don't see why not. I just don't see why not. Well <laughs> that went in a
0: fun direction, which it I'm did. glad about.
2: It after after the usual with the dose of ridiculousness, yes, I appreciate the fresher air.
0: Yeah. Me too. Me too. Especially since I have a feeling you're about to tell us some serious stuff.
2: I am. And and I've I've told you before, but for our audience, I went back and forth and back and forth and forth again on who I wanted to profile this week. Mm-hmm. There were just so many good, good life stories out there to talk about. But this one, actually, I was, I finally settled on this story after watching The mm-hmm. Peacemaker. Oh. Go figure.
3: <laughs> wow. So.
2: <laughs> so. I am going to talk about today, and this is probably what our our final episode of our uh, Black History is American History series. Mm -hmm. But today, to close us out on that, I'm going to talk about Marsha P. Johnson.
0: Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Mm. Sorry, I couldn't help it.
2: I know. (laughs) She was an activist, performer, self-identified drag queen. And self-described survivor. Mm-hmm. And she is m- most known as a very prominent figure in the, um oh my God, I'm sorry, my brain just fried on me, on the gay push for uh rights back in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about her. She was the fifth of seven children and was born Malcolm Michaels Jr. on August 24th, 1945 in Elizabeth, New Jersey. At the age of five, she began wearing dresses, but was teased and bullied so bad by other boys in the neighborhood, she stopped. Mm-hmm. So there was periods obviously in her childhood that she already knew you know who she was and she was right. struggling to try to to try to go in that direction. but of course unfortunately, the people around you make that hard. so mm-hmm. but when she graduated from high school in 1963 she headed to New York City with fifteen dollars and a bag of clothes, and initially uh, waited tables when she first got to the city. She fell in kind of quickly with the local community of uh, drag queens and the LGBT community, which it wasn't necessarily known then, but she fell in quite quickly with them. And at first, she went by the name Black Marsha, but then changed it to Marsha P. Johnson, taking her new last name from the nearby Howard Johnson's, which was located on 42nd Street. So anytime anybody asked what the P stood for, she said it stood for pay it, no Mind," And she used that phrase often Mm -hmm. when asked about her sexual orientation, her identity. It was pretty much a signal to people, don't worry about it. She Mm -hmm. was who she was and that was it. She alternately referred to herself as gay. A transvestite and as a queen and use she and her pronouns which again the phrasing of pronouns per se wasn't a thing back then nope but at the time that's what i i get you can say that's what she preferred to be uh, known as a she or referred mm-hmm. to as she so and just to also uh talk about the times and the terminology used then we would of course refer to we wouldn't we we don't use the word transvestite anymore. It's known as transgender. But in her case, how she described herself in today's terms could be could be uh, explained as being gender nonconforming. So, mm-hmm. so okay. while she so was there in the city, I said she she got in with the group of uh, transvestites and drag queens and things. Um, she had a very interesting style. Um, and when I think a lot of people think of drag, we think of like RuPaul's show. Right. I think, yeah, things that we've seen what they call high drag. Lots of makeup, wild costumes, big hair, things like that. Her style was more low key. She liked to wear, um, crowns of flesh flowers on her hair and flowing mm-hmm. robes and dresses and wigs and things like that. And her style usually was dictated pretty much by her budget, but apparently she did wonders with, you know, the limited amount of money that she had and she had a very mm-hmm. indiv- individual style and in, in writings about her and her particular um, presentation she was described as being both masculine and feminine all at once so during the 70s she began performing with a local performance troupe called hot peaches and they were actually an international troupe and traveled from country to country And she was with them from 1972, well into the 90s. Uh, She was an associate of the artist Andy Warhol and was a subject of one of his photographic series called Ladies and Gentlemen. Uh, In addition to her work with the Hot Peaches, she also performed Mm -hmm. with another group called the Angels of Light and was commonly known as a drag mother.
0: Um, Real quick. Mm -hmm. Did you say she was from Florida?
2: Elizabeth, New Jersey. Oh, okay, Sorry. Mm-hmm.
0: I say that because um god dang it, my, my mind just drew a blank. Lou Reed, sorry, mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. in Velvet Underground, which my. was Andy Warhol's sort of band that he did, and mm-hmm. then he went solo and he had that big hit, and all the people in it were people that hung around uh the Andy Warhol thing in town, whatever it was called. Right. As collective, so to speak. Yeah. One of the lines is, Holly came from Miami FLA. And then it's talking about on the way to New York City, uh, what is it? Shaved his legs and then he was a she and said, hey, <laughs> take a walk on the wild side. <laughs> so I was wondering
2: if maybe she was the real Holly. It could have been. Or, any, any, you know, anybody may be related with that group. It, it very well may have been. Yeah. You know?
0: So, sorry to interrupt you like that. It
2: just Mm-mm. struck me
0: as you were saying. And the song's Walk on the Wild Side.
2: Hmm. Maybe worth investigating. Okay. So, um, in the neighborhood, she was known as a drag mother, constantly helping uh, homeless and struggling LGBTQ youth, which. Mm-hmm unfortunately was a common thing especially during that period of time um as we know far too often um young people that struggle with their orientation and identification are not supported by their families mm-hmm. and often or put out and don't have places to go and she was dedicated to making sure that they had support and protection mm-hmm. and in that uh mindset of hers comes up later on with the organization that she later found but uh through most of her life unfortunately she struggled with mental illness and while she was usually described as being warm-hearted and very supportive her friends and acquaintance do describe uh, her having moments when she became real aggressive and violent and it's it's rumored that her mindset was a consideration when um she was involved with the now famous Stonewall Uprising mm-hmm. that occurred on June 28th, 1969. A little background on that, for those who don't know, this event was actually a series of demonstrations over several days by mm-hmm. the LGBT community there in Greenwich Village um, in New York City. And it started off with a police raid at the um Stonewall Inn, which was a, a gay bar. Interestingly enough, and this is I found out doing my research, many gay bars were owned by the mafia during this time. It makes sense. It makes sense, though. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the thing was is that there had already been tense relations between police in the LGBT community for years. Mm-hmm. They got harassed on the streets. Many of the bars and places that they hung out were frequently raided or right. overly monitored. So there was already tension. Between these two groups anyway. So the place was raided on June 28th by the police who went into the, uh, the inn or the bar, pulled out mm-hmm. about 200 people in the street and got violent doing it. But this time they fought back. So over the, over the course of the next several days here and there in that area, various fights, uprising, demonstrations broke out and continued on. And this was the first major push in the um, gay liberation movement, as it was referred to during that time. Um, And this particular event led to the very next year, the very first gay pride parade in New York City, which was originally referred to as the Christopher Street Liberation Day. Hmm. So what uh, Ms. Johnson had to do with it, and the stories apparently differ. Even in the various sources I looked into, some stories were that she was in the in the bar when the the cops came in and started messing with everybody, picked up a shot glass and threw it at a mirror behind the bar, screaming, "I've got my civil rights!" However, Johnson herself claims that she wasn't even there at the time that she didn't show up until later in the evening after the rioting had started hmm. and to reference back to her her mental state, um, some scholars who have researched her and the, the Stonewall incident think that she wasn't given proper credit as being, I'll say the word instigator. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. a bad thing in this case. They don't properly credit her as being an instigator because her issues may have been a deterrent to the movement. That's how some people in the movement apparently Mm -hmm. felt about it, which is unfortunate because she had a lot of influence and did a lot of serious things years down the road that Mm -hmm. had it not been for, you know, her close friends and acquaintance that knew her probably would have gone unnoticed. And I'm glad, I'm glad they didn't let it go unnoticed. I'm glad Mm -hmm. I was able to find as much information on her as I did. So even though accounts of the first night of rioting, Differ as far as when she got involved. The next evening, most stories collaborate on the fact that she climbed up a lamppost and dropped a brick in a bag on a police car windshield, shattering it.
0: That probably did not please law enforcement.
2: Not at all. When when did they ever... Never mind.
0: I'm not going there.
2: (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) regardless of the differing accounts as far as her involvement in the Stonewall incident, she has been constantly regarded as a prominent and very vocal figurehead in the uh, overall LGBT liberation movement. And they called it the Gay Liberation Movement at the time. So forgive me if that sounds off, but after yeah. Stonewall. Well, um, as we've sort of encountered
0: frequently over the course of the last month and even a little before when you're talking about terminology used 50, 60, 70, 100 Mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. It can be tough to a modern audience, but to tell the story, sometimes you have to use sort of the terminology. I'm not saying like use the N-word or something like that. Right. But, you know, people said colored people back in the day. It's Mm -hmm. in the name of the NAACP. But sort of a modern ear, it can be a little jarring, so it's the same thing with L G B T Q plus.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so Definitely. sorry no, to I, interrupt you, but just sort of fine. made me think about that.
2: No, that it makes sense. It does. Um, and like I said, that's in all the research I found. That's what they refer to as the gay liberation movement, and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. As I was reading and it, it pointed out several things that. You know, could have led me down a big rabbit hole, but I only went in. But so far, uh-huh. it's interesting how the face of the the movement changed, um, going from the sixties into the seventies.
3: Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Um, in Miss Johnson's case, though, her and her close friend Miss Rivera co-founded what was called the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, otherwise known as STAR, which helped. Homeless LGBT youth find shelter, support, and protection, mostly from the police. And what they would do is find physical locations where they could house these, these kids, make sure they got fed, they had shelter, that they were protected, weren't out mm-hmm. in the streets at all times in the night. And the first place they set up camp was in the back of what they thought was an abandoned truck. And one evening when Ms. Johnson and her friend go out, to go shopping to bring some food back to the kids they found out the truck was not abandoned and they came around to just in time to see the truck start driving off so all the kids had to jump off and they had to relocate to another building which they had to do often over the years because unfortunately in, in these cases and during these times um, the only way a lot of these folks had to make money was in sex work mm-hmm. so it wasn't a lot of money. So they were always constantly trying to make money to keep up and make sure they could take care of these kids. So they often had to jump from building to building to building. And unfortunately, the, uh, the organization, uh, was disillusioned sometime, I think in the late seventies. But for what it's worth, again, knowing the, uh, the atmosphere, especially back then and the attitudes towards younger people that were trying to discover themselves, I find that kind of endeavor Amazing that she was such a person that would sacrifice herself to that extent just to take care of, of kids that needed it the most. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to uh, the Star Organization, her and Miss Vera also co-founded the Gay Liberation Front, which again made an effort to make clear that all ethnicities, everyone was welcome to mm-hmm. help support the movement. Also, when in 1980 she found out she had contracted HIV. She also became an AIDS activist as well, so she definitely stayed busy and very vocal as far as trying to make a change and making sure that her community was seen and heard and treated humanely. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, though, that all came to an end in 1992, when on June 6th, her body was found in the Hudson River, and police initially ruled it a suicide, despite her mental issues which. Person she still hadn't had having trouble with, friends and acquaintances, acquaintances stressed the fact that she wasn't suicide, and they mm-hmm. knew better, and they pressured them to you know re-examine the case,
3: mm-hmm. which
2: they did, but it wasn't until 2002 that they changed the cause of death from suicide to undetermined. And hmm. from the sheer persistence of her very close friend, Sylvia Rivera. The case was reopened in 2012, but no progress up until this point has been made as far as resolving it. And there apparently was some physical indications that this was not suicide, which was like uh, some damage to to the back of her head. So Mm. there were some serious indications that this was not a suicide, and I tend to believe it. I I Mm. really do. Again, considering considering what tends to happen. To very vocal and prominent people at the head of any kind of revolution, there's going to be people that don't want to hear that, and I, I hate yeah. to say it, but yeah,
3: it's
2: true. It's true. <laughs> but both Miss Johnson and Miss Rivera, who uh who she passed away in 2002, they had a public monument de- monument dedicated to them and all their work that they did, established in Greenwich Village in 2019. Oh, that's cool. Mhm, it's very nice. Yeah. I've seen pictures of yeah. it. It's very nice. I was so. sort of
0: stricken um, by the fact that you said she was diagnosed with HIV in 1980.
2: I believe it was 80. In in if I have to, I'll come back and, and make a correction. I believe it was 1980.
0: Yes. But 12 years, Cause obviously, someone whatever the means is, it was 12 years she lived with HIV/AIDS, which in that time frame, was practically unheard of. That was a long time. It,
2: there are cases. I mean, for all the, for all the cases we we've heard about, you know, someone finding out in January and then unfortunately they, they passed for the summer. Yeah, there was a lot of cases like that during that time. So in her particular instance, yeah, she was fortunate. She really was, and I think maybe she knew she had a purpose in there somewhere. So. That's just my opinion on it, but I thought hers was a very extraordinary story, especially yeah. in the fact that it covers what we call, I like to call intersectionality mm-hmm. in that she was a black woman, but also transgender. And she did a lot of, again, a lot of, uh, there was a lot of support and um, consideration and protection for people in her community that were going through the same things that she experienced. So. I felt like yeah. she was definitely worth talking about today. So Yeah,
0: no, I'm glad you did. Uh, sort of on the HIV AIDS note, apparently they're getting close to human trials. I know this will make some people mad, but a vaccine for <gasps> HIV AIDS. Apparently they're getting pretty close to that. Um, I I don't know if it's going to eat your DNA or if you... Midrocardiitis or hemorrhoids or whatever it is vaccines cause today. But apparently that's mm-hmm. close, which is fantastic and great news. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it comes to fruition.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Pretty quick. I mean, the fact that we, you know, we've, we've had years, we've had, I'd say almost a generation's worth of people. Mm-hmm. That have been living with HIV, but they've they've been fortunate enough to be able to receive the best treatment for it and yeah. have been able to live with it relatively symptom free. And I I love that. I I love that we've already come to that point. It was hard fought, I'll tell you yeah. that. But, yep. Uh, I I love the fact that in this particular case, modern medicine won or is winning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would definitely <laughs> love to see that.
0: Where that'll make the biggest biggest difference is Africa. Africa oh, yeah. has crazy rates of HIV and that would just be a game changer Absolutely. over there. Absolutely.
2: Um so for more, for more information on um Marsha P Johnson, we're going to have some links in the show notes. Also, there is a documentary still currently on Netflix, The Death and Life of Marsha P Johnson. Oh, mhm. And just for context, in what I feel, and what I've also read is a very good representation of the ballroom life in New York City during the 70s and 80s. FX has had uh, three seasons of a show called Post. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. they they finished off last year. There won't be any more seasons, boo. But it's a fantastic show. And it so accurately represents how it was. Mm -hmm. Back then for the LGBT community, especially, like I said, the balls, they used to have extravagant, what they call balls where they would get together and dance and pose. And it was, you'd have to see, you'd have to actually see, Mm -hmm. um, a rep, uh, an actual representation. And when the show does an awesome, an awesome job at fictionalizing those, an entire lead cast is either gay or transgender, which is a first. So Mm -hmm. that's fantastic. And also, a very good documentary. Paris is burning. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So in case you guys were interested in looking a little further into the LGBT community, I think those are really good, uh, places to start.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Great information. It's always great to learn about somebody that is, I don't know, tip of the spear. Yeah. So it's definitely that. Um, If I may, real quick, Mm -hmm. six months ago or so, I was watching a documentary on the development of human babies in the womb. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know, like three or four episodes, something like that. And I don't know how they did it. They got a lot of really cool footage from actually in the womb. But as they're discussing it, they're talking about each week, these milestones are what happens. So, you know that all humans are born female, or not born. Uh, start out as. Start out as female. Right. And then at, I think it's... Six weeks. Something like, they get the hormones, right. Mm-hmm. And if you get a boost of testosterone, the fetus turns male. Mm-hmm. Estrogen, female. Mm-hmm. There's a second time that happens, though. At like 19 weeks... But the difference there is it doesn't sort of affect the body, it affects the brain. So they think what happens sometimes is it could already, you know, be physically a male. And then when the hormones come to the brain part, it either sends too much estrogen or vice versa. And that's one of the sort of, they think, scientific causes perhaps of, why somebody who's transgender always feels like they're the wrong sex.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it's than-
0: because their brain got the hormone for the, you know, the other sex.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And is that 100% true, accurate? I don't know. I saw it on a documentary, but it makes perfect sense on makes, h- yes. how that would happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Absolutely, and, and actually, it just kind of shores up my my theory about these things that I've had for years. So, yeah, I believe it. I'm gonna go ahead and believe it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's <laughs>
0: one you know, of those things. And I thought, yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense.
2: I like that. I need to keep. I need to keep abreast of these things. Honestly. Um, so because sometimes I get did I space out at at science speak. But yes, that's that's interesting news. I like that. Did,
0: did you just use the word abreast yes, on yes. purpose because no, we were talking no. about sexes. And- it
2: may have been subconscious, but on <laughs> purpose, no. <laughs> and It would be you that caught that. I caught it two seconds after I said it. I'm like, you better not say anything. Anymore.
0: Oh No, you know I'm going to. I'm going to. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Call it a Freudian slip, if you will. Right,
0: I don't right. know. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, goodness! Yeah, that. I think we've had an excellent month of learning about people that need to be known. Mm-hmm. That work. I think we've just had an excellent month of that. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I'm really pleased with <laughs> with what we collectively talked about
2: definitely i agree i agree it was it was um enlightening and 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 just for speaking for myself humbling to, mm-hmm. to hear about some of the things these folks have done it it absolutely is like what am i over here doing talking right. about them i mean but still <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they deserve they deserve talking about so yeah it's definitely mm-hmm. worth the time hmm. well Give up on like oh
0: crap, my on one start on the fourth pole. Yes, <laughs> I won't mow. <laughs> you know
2: <laughs> I guess as the environment changes, so does your so does your will. I think yeah. you can't help but be influenced by what's around you. So it makes sense for us as a <laughs> spoiled soft people, but <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Actually though, when we did our first step Together, on my podcast, I kind of call that our first episode, episode Mm -hmm. 0.5. Yes, (gasps) (laughs) 0.5. As sort of you'll recall, I was saying that something big nationally happened, like George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And I would want to say something or post something about it on Facebook. But I always felt like, well, if I do that, does it come off as pandering, you know, Another white guy saying, hey, don't be racist and blah, 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 blah. And I just feel like sometimes people do that and it comes off as fake and phony. And I didn't want to be fake or phony. Right. So I like froze. (laughs) It just didn't Mm -hmm. do anything. But doing this podcast, I've got out of that mold Mm -hmm. or thought process. So that's a good thing.
2: It can only come off as pandering to me if you weren't about that life before. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden happens, you like, you're like a big overwound. Oh my God. I'm in solidarity. And then after it passes, you don't talk about it. That's right. pandering to me. Right. If you are, if your attention and concern about it is consistent, it's not pandering. Not to me. That's just my right. opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, as we discussed it back then, but. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious how many other people sort of get trapped in that, like I did, where you just sort of freeze so you don't do anything.
2: Here's a, here's an interesting little bitty story. Um, one time at my job, um, there was a group of us sitting around, we kind of like taking a casual break, chit chatting about random stuff. And somebody walks up and asks, Hey, do you know such and such? And none of us were familiar with the person by name. So we were like, what do they look like? Oh, you know, well, she's she's yay tall and she wears glasses and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then somebody asked, well, is she white or black? Well, uh, she's um, uh, she's black. And we all just started laughing. We were like, it's okay. Yeah. That's who she is. That's what she looks like. We asked you what she looks like. That's what she looks like. It's that's okay. part of the description. <laughs> it, it, that's how, that's like the opposite end of the spectrum to me. Like, you have people that are tone deaf and say the most ridiculous things. You have the other end where people are, are walking on their own eggshells. Yeah. Thinking that they're going to offend somebody when you're not. And just, it just, it, it's other end of the spectrum, but it's based off the same thing. You're not paying attention. And you can kind of tell the people that aren't paying attention, especially, you know, folks that you, you associate with on social media and such. You know who's paying attention and who's not. But you know sure. who's saying what they're saying because of concern who says what they say because they just want attention yeah yeah so yeah
0: Yeah. although that's the good thing about both of our podcasts having facebook pages it's like you know this might be slightly controversial and i don't want to deal with the asshats that are going to comment on my personal page (laughs) i'll post it over there because those asshats don't follow that page. <laughs> True. True. Yeah. Sometimes I don't, don't post them just because it's like, Oh God, I know person X, Y, and Z is going to comment. And I just don't want to deal with that right
2: now. <laughs> sometimes I've had, um, recent, um, recent reminders of who not to engage with and who to, <laughs> If only I knew what you were talking about. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's just that that gentle reminder of your discernment is malfunctioning again. Get it right. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Some people have an overwhelming desire to always be right, and they don't care who they have to argue with to prove their point to be right, even when you can
2: prove them wrong. Yeah, which unfortunately we've seen more than we have cared to. Yeah, you know, in in, in the general world, but it's mm-hmm. it's especially disappointing when somebody you yeah. know, you, you actually know. So yeah. mm, lesson learned. But uh, I digress. <laughs>
0: yeah, sort of remind me of Peacemaker and Suicide Squad. <laughs> they don't care; they'll do anything. For peace. And they don't care.
2: <laughs> he does not care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah. No. Yeah. There are definitely people that. Their desire to be right. Or win the argument doesn't matter if they lose friendships over it.
2: Those kinds of things used to bother me. When I would have a discussion with someone. And for whatever reason couldn't find common ground. Mm-hmm. And then we go our, we go in our separate corners for a while. And that used to bother me a great deal. But then I grew up mm-hmm. because those things aren't always about me. Well, yeah. No, yeah. no, no. So it's like, that's just how they are. That's just, that's how they think. And it. it's not necessarily either good or bad. That's just how they are. And the older we get, mm-hmm. that's how much more established we get in our viewpoints. And it yeah. doesn't make any of us either good or bad. It's just sometimes you have to know how far you can go with somebody. You have to hold some people mm-hmm. on So Yeah. And mm-hmm. see, I found
0: the older I get, the more I'd rather have the friendship. So I don't care. If you're telling me that 2 plus 2 is 12, and I've say, tried to show you, no, it's 4. <laughs> and I can't change your mind. I'll, there's a certain point where I'll just be like, you know what? This person's friendship is more important than... Proving they're even worse at math than me.
2: <laughs> I hear you. I do. I. Was, I, I wish. I wish in some some instances, not nearly all, not even most, but some instances, I wish it would have worked out in those those cases. But
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, that is interesting.
0: Bad. Yeah. Then again, there are people I'm like, I I can't have any more dealings with you.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that feeling too. So. Yeah. Well well so it looks like you and I have come to the end of yet another fabulous episode. How do you yeah, feel?
0: I feel good. Yeah. Like I knew that I would.
2: <laughs> it's good to be good. <laughs> it's good to be
0: good. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh. I do we we've got a surprise coming up for people. Mm-hmm. The last day of the month. Yay. Keep your eyes and ears open.
2: Yes. We think you'll, we think you'll enjoy it very much. I know we did. So we did. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. But yeah, everybody stay tuned. There's more to come. As always, if the universe mm-hmm. wills it, we'll be back again with you very shortly. So. Yep.
0: Yep. We will. So everybody, hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you've enjoyed February. Uh, as much as we have enjoyed putting it together. Mm-hmm. A lot of times in Feb- February when people are discussing black history, they tend to discuss not necessarily people that were had testicular fortitude and were willing to fight for things that aren't the same 10 people. Right. If that makes sense. Yes. And not that... Those 10 people aren't important, but there are more than those 10 people. And it's been really nice diving into some other people. Absolutely. so
2: definitely has.
0: And while we're on the subject, listen to our bonus episode on the Tulsa Race Massacre.
2: It's a lot to take
0: in in about 50 minutes. In a first, I had a hard time talking. At the end. (laughs) But it's a lot to take in. And my brain was processing stuff. So you can listen to it on this channel or my other channel using of an ADD mind.
2: Yes, if you guys can take the time out to listen, please do. Not that Mm -hmm. all of our episodes on either one of our our podcasts aren't important, but this one is especially so, so.
0: Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. I'm still having a hard time processing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Anyway, Mm. I guess we're going to tell y'all bye. So it's good to be good. Bye.
1: Yeah. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review, hit that like button, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback is valuable, and we welcome it. If you would like to contact, connect with, or just want to see what we talk about between episodes, you can find us on Facebook, under our podcast name, on Instagram, at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W, our website, podpage.com, slash Kenyatta-Jack-Save-The-World or email at k.j.savetheworld@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you would like to learn about and contribute to our chosen charities, you can do so at servicedogproject at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org. Kenyatta and Jack Save the World is a product of HyperFocus Podcasts.